Hey, and welcome to another episode of Greater Greener Georgia. As always, I'm Miles. And I'm Alexis, and we're back to update you on what's going on in Georgia. So let's start with a couple of updates. Last week, Atlanta City Council voted 10 to 4 in favor of approving the construction of Cop City in DeKalb County. Not great news. Not great at all. No. Uh, The council had to listen to 17 hours of public commentary, which was mostly against the approval of the project. Uh, And the city council still voted in favor of it. So this was not really a win for the people. But the good news is the fight is far from over. If your city council representative voted in a way that you disagree with, the good news is that election day is under 50 days away. So it's coming up fast. Mm -hmm. We have the chance to vote in new representation here in Atlanta and in city councils all over the state really soon. So make sure you are prepared to vote by going to gcvoters.org slash vote. And the good thing is it is not over until it's being built. Yeah. We've learned that recently. So, you know. I'm sure protests will continue throughout uh, the coming months to stop the construction of that. We'll see. Also, not really fully environmental news, but um, we're sending our love over to the victims and their families and everyone involved in the apartment complex explosion in Dunwoody over the weekend. Mm -hmm. The cause is still yet to be determined, but residents said that there was a strong smell of gas just hours before the explosion. Um, It's just pretty wild and, and scary to think that this could happen. We really are sending our love to all those impacted by the explosion. Yeah, definitely. Very tragic. Sorry to start off this episode on not Uh, the lightest note. (laughs) Definitely not, but that's the news sometimes. Yeah, it happens. It happens. So uh, let's jump into our main stories for this week. Uh, Miles, what is on your mind? (laughs) There's a lot on my mind, but (laughs) I'm going to talk about the Okefenokee Swamp this week. A little background, the Okefenokee, which... Probably has the best name of swamp. I was going to say, say that 10 times fast. Okie <laughs> It's a wetland straddling the Georgia Florida border. Um, a majority of the swamp is protected by the Okie yeah. Finokie National Wildlife Refuge and the Okie Finokie Wilderness. The Okie Finokie Swamp is considered to be one of the seven natural wonders of Georgia. The Okie Finokie is the largest blackwater swamp in America. I also just wrote Okie Finokie. Everywhere I could in my notes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it fun a word to say. You want to say it as much as possible. <laughs> really. So let's go back a little bit. During the Trump administration, the Clean Water Act and the bodies of water it applied to and protected was greatly narrowed. Mostly this was to make it easier for mining and factories to build and operate around bodies of water and basically pollute them with less regulation under the guise of economic development and the like. But the good news for environmentalists, residents, and the general public is that the federal judge in Arizona tossed out the rule that narrowed the type of waters that qualify for federal protection from pollution under the Clean Water Act. One of the biggest projects that was directly affected by the environmental rollbacks under Trump was proposed by Alabama-based Twin Pines Minerals to mine titanium dioxide on land about three miles from the Okefenokee National Wildlife Refuge near the Georgia-Florida line. For those who don't know, titanium dioxide is a natural metal element that's also used as white pigment in a variety of other products such as sunscreen, cosmetics, paints, and plastics. The big fear from environmentalists was that mining so close to the swamp's edge could cause a ton of harm to the largest federal wildlife refuge east of the Mississippi River. A big fear is its ability to hold water. The Fish and Wildlife Service said in February 2019, some impacts may not be able to be reversed, repaired, or mitigated. 
So basically this mining would have just really uh, irreversibly damaged the swamp and the wildlife there probably. Yeah, and it's going to cave in the sides of the swamp mm -hmm. and, you know, loosen up all the soil and the ground along, along the swamp. So, you know, a lot of water will flow out from it and it will displace a lot of wildlife. Yeah. All that's really confusing. <laughs> yeah. But basically, um, it's, there's a lot of back and forth between the federal government, local government, and this mining company in who's going to be right and if the mine's going to be able to be built or not. Mm -hmm. um, in the big picture, it seems like um, because of the ruling last week, the swamp should be protected under the Clean Water Act. Although, as we know from the past, that does not mean that the mine will not be built without more fighting from environmentalists. Right. I guess it's still up in the air. Exactly. And for me, it's just the balance that's so tough. Like, we, I guess we need to mine titanium dioxide for yeah. some reason. I, I don't know enough. Do we? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, we're told that we need to. Yeah. But, do, but we really need to put the environmental, uh, but we really need to put the environment first moving forward because we've never done that historically and right. now is like the time that we need to do that because all these things are becoming irreversible mm -hmm. and once we lose that swamp that goes into the Mississippi River and right. that can affect greater ecosystems um, down the line. Yeah and the climate crisis feels like it's getting more intense literally every single day and so it feels like we should just be doing everything in our power to protect these spaces like the Okefenokee Swamp. A quick fun and, and sad piece um, as I was finishing up research this morning, I saw that Okefenokee Joe, the 80-year-old alligator, has died. Oh, no. He was 11 feet long and weighed over 400 pounds. Wow. He has been around the swamp since World War II, and oh scientists thanked him for his great contribution to their research over the years. So R.I.P. Okefenokee Joe. Wow, rest in peace, Okefenokee Joe. This episode is filled with a, a good amount of sadness today. I, yeah. hope, I hope you're all doing okay out there. But uh, <laughs> next up, um, I got to have a conversation with Allie, uh, who is our state field director here at GCV, about the Build Back Better agenda. Uh, she's been doing some amazing work around here to make sure that our representatives in Georgia are fighting for big investments in the climate. And we learned a lot from her about how we can help in that fight. And so take a listen to our conversation here. Hello. First of all, I have to say huge fan of the pod. <laughs> so thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, Welcome to the pod squad, as you lovingly call us. <laughs> yes, such an honor. Uh, top fan, huge fan. Uh, <laughs> name is Allie Brown. I'm the state field director. So I'm Y'all's colleague working across the state and just started in May. So really happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you on the episode with us today. And because I know that this is what you are living and breathing all the time right now, would you talk to us a little bit about the Build Back Better plan? Yeah, sure. So the Biden administration has had this really ambitious agenda. You know, your listeners have probably heard of this before. It's called the Build Back Better Agenda. And it's focused on passing really large, a really large infrastructure package, which includes things like updating highways, bridges, water systems, you know, like pure infrastructure needs. But they also have a really important provision in there for what we call like human infrastructure. So that includes things like universal preschool and paid leave and then big climate provisions. So that's what we are really, really focused on at GCV. Um, there's two pieces of legislation that we've been tracking really closely. There's this like $1.2 trillion bipartisan package, and that's focused mainly on pure infrastructure needs. It does include things like removing lead from drinking water and restoring our coastlines and shores, but it's not enough to address sort of these big, you know, climate issues that we're facing. 
Definitely so, sounds very important. <laughs> it's important, exactly. And so the infrastructure package, we need it, but it's not enough. And so yeah. climate activists, you know, across Georgia have been really pushing for more. And so there is now what we call the Build Back Better Act. So mm-hmm. this is $3.5 trillion um, that is working through the budget resolution. And that has those really big, bold climate investments. Kind of going back to the big picture goals, we're centered around clean energy, justice, and jobs. So we think that this act will cut our emissions by at least half by 2030. Wow. Yeah, which is huge, right? We've mm-hmm. been fighting for these kind of things for nearly a decade and don't have any policies to put in place. When I talk about justice, we're focused on, you know, the Biden administration has an initiative called Justice 40, which is looking at delivering at least 40% of these investments to communities of color, low-income communities that have really borne the brunt of these, you know, environmental issues. Um, and then the, the last thing in terms of jobs, you know, it's not just about tackling the climate crisis. It's about creating jobs through investments, building and transitioning to homegrown local energy. And we could see a really huge uptick in jobs in Georgia. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so will you tell us kind of where we're at in the timeline of all of this? Sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. It's constantly changing. Um, but at the end of August, the House approved this $3.5 trillion budget resolution. So that's huge. Um, and that's what we're now calling the Build Back Better Act. Mm-hmm. Um, the House is going to consider the bipartisan deal at the end of September. And so our goal is to keep both of those things moving and to make sure that they don't slash this really important $3.5 trillion Build Back Better Act Um you know, Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, they've all said that they want to make this happen by the end of the year. But our biggest hiccup right now to getting the Build Back Better Act through is this probably shouldn't be a surprise to most of your <laughs> listeners, but we need all 50 Democratic senators to support it. And the holdup right now is with Senator Manchin. Yeah, that is not a surprise at all. <laughs> exactly. So we got to keep pushing it. Um, we got to keep putting pressure on Congress and really making sure we're showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so I guess our next question is kind of how these goals are going to be implemented and how our work at GCV relates to these goals also. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of implementation, it's a little bit complicated, but the funding will go directly to the states to implement, distribute out, kind of similarly with what we saw with the American Rescue Plan at the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And so we're tracking that really carefully to see how local elected leaders are sort of managing the funds. In Georgia, we know far too well that Getting federal funding is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw what happened with Medicare expansion, and right. that money was never realized. And so it's important for advocates to start making that pivot to engaging local legislators and decision makers to make sure we are making that funding go directly to those who need it the most. Yeah, definitely. In terms of how it relates to GCV's work, you know, we're obviously focused on tackling the climate crisis. Mm-hmm. And you heard earlier that if we could, you know, reduce our emissions by half by 2030, that would be huge, right? But at GCV, we're also really focused on electing pro-environmental candidates. And once we elect them, it's our job to hold these leaders accountable and make sure that they prioritize climate justice and jobs. Right, exactly. So, you know, GCV, along with a bunch of other organizations um, last year, played such a big role in the runoff and making sure that we elected leaders that really prioritize this work. So now it's in our best interest to really push members of Congress, work with local leaders to make sure we're holding them accountable and that they're prioritizing this because our life literally depends on it. And so 
I know we already talked about the timeline a little bit, but how far along are we in terms of this bill being passed? What is next? So the House and Senate are returning this week from recess to begin what we call the reconciliation process. They're Mm -hmm. really trying to hammer out the details of this bill. Um, And so they're doing a lot of markups in various committees and talking through the details and really getting into the nitty gritty of what this is going to look like. The goal is to finalize the text of the Build Back Better Act by Wednesday. I'm not mm-hmm. sure when this podcast is coming. Yeah, out. so two days ago by the, <laughs> or a few days ago, whenever you're listening to this, sometime this week. Got it. So after this week, we'll be entering, you know, the end game of this effort, I'd say, like pushing the Build Back Better Act through the House and the Senate and really trying to protect it from any effort to weaken it along the way. And so for our listeners and just for us as constituents, how can we help and get involved in this process to make sure that it passes? Yeah, and I I really can't stress enough, like, I see this as a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and we have such a small window to make it happen. Um, GCV and also League of Conservation Voters, uh, we've been teaming up, you know, along with other organizations across the state to try to bring attention to this issue. We are knocking on doors, reaching out to members of Congress, organizing events, and so I'd really call on your listeners to join us in this effort. Um, if you care about climate, if you care about these investments, this is our moment and it's not going to be easy and we can't back down. So the first action is is pretty easy and I think we can link this in the show notes, but we have an action alert that you can take. It probably takes one minute of your time. Yeah, or less. <laughs> yes, and you will submit uh, an action alert to your members of Congress to really make sure that they are prioritizing this. And I know that it's great, it's not something that we're used to in Georgia, we actually have some really great progressive pro-climate champions in Congress, but it's really really important that we also take time to thank them and continue to push them, even if they are doing the right thing right now, because this isn't going to be easy. The other things are, you know, we've been having events with members of Congress, we really encourage your listeners to consider writing a letter to the, to the editor, which we are happy to help with. We would love to help with. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, uh, maybe we can link my email, but I'd love to sync up with people and show them how to get involved. We also have yard signs that say climate action now. Hopefully you all have seen them across uh, mm-hmm. the metro Atlanta. They're these green yard signs. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, so we're happy to distribute those as well. Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with us for any of this, you can check out our social media, which is at GC Voters, and that's where you can find these action alerts or send us a message if you want to get involved with writing letters to the editor or any other deeper way to get involved with your representatives. And yeah, Ali, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. This has been really, really informative and helpful. Great, thanks for having me. Wow. Very informative. Mm -hmm. Allie really knows her stuff. Yeah, she certainly does. We're so lucky to have her here working with us. And and we're not just saying that because she's the number one fan of the podcast. (laughs) She is our number one fan. We're very thankful for her. And uh, that's all we got for this week. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Greater Greener Georgia. 